I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me in the book of Isaiah. Today we're going to go to chapter 59. We're going to talk about some interesting things today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can see them and understand them, particularly in the time in which we're living, the hour of history in which we're in. We thank you, Father God, for making us aware of the changes going on within the earth, that even as the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, we thank you that we walk in that same anointing that they walked in, same Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for giving us an awareness of the hour in which we live. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen, Father, and amen. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 59. Let's drop down to verse 4, and it says, No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Now, verse 5, we're going to kind of camp around this verse a little bit today. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. Today we're going to talk more about the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for understanding of your word. Praise God. Now, I would like to share something that took place in my time with the Lord while in prayer. And I, I prayed about this, and I, I saw something in the spirit realm. And uh, I was taken, and this would be like symbolic in a sense, but I was taken to a very large evangelical church. Not any one per se. It was like an example of a large, successful evangelical church. And when I say successful, I mean successful in the eyes of man, not necessarily successful in the eyes of God. And when I went to this church, uh, the pastor met me there, and he took me in, and he said, Stephen, as you can see, I've got, I've got these spider webs all over the place. Can you help me clean them up? I said, I can try to help you. And so I got one of those like Swiffer type brooms. And uh, for those of you that uh, clean your house or maybe your garage or something like that, you know that it has a telescope, uh, telescoping type boom on it. You can, you can make it go out further, then tighten it up, and now you can reach a lot further. Well, I was cleaning throughout this large church in this uh, visionary experience. I was cleaning. And I could get everything down low. could get all the spider webs and stuff like that. But... Uh, it was almost like cathedral type roofing where it was so high up and there was all these spider webs way up at the top and in this scenario it wasn't like I was scared of the spider webs usually when you think spider webs you think haunted house and stuff like that but it wasn't like that it was more like antiquated and old and outdated and so I'm looking at all these cobwebs and 
You know, I just told the pastor, I said, the ones up high, and there are a whole bunch of, they're all over the place up high. I said, I can't get those. They're just too high. They're too high. And then that experience ended. And I talked to the Lord about that, and the Lord was sharing with me that the, the spider webs are very, very interesting. Uh, let, me, let me first see if we can look at the symbolism of this event a little bit as well. This large church that I was asked to help clean the spider webs was a classic example of what would be called in Western church culture a seeker sensitive church. Now, let me go on record and say that the very statement of seeker sensitive church is actually an unbiblical type statement. It's really a, it's, it's conflicting itself. It doesn't even make any sense. Why? Why would that be pastor Stephen? Because sinners don't seek God. Believers seek God. So to have a church that's seeker sensitive so that we can be sensitive to the unbelievers. Uh, unbelievers aren't seeking after God. They're lost in their sins and blind. <laughs> uh, now, believers, we can seek after God, but you have to understand. And I, I would like to read this to you from Romans chapter three, how God views this this picture. Romans chapter three. Verse 9, the Apostle Paul, he, he says, For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. By the way, some of you didn't know that about the Jewish people. The Jewish people have a covenant of blessing with the Lord. God made a, a, a promise, a covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And there were covenant blessings included uh, uh, in those promises. But without a covenant with Jesus, you don't have eternal life. You're still lost in your sins. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are. How many wonderful things you do that are a blessing to the people of the earth. But yet, if you, don't, if you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are desperately lost in your sins, whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, the Jews have a covenant with God. Yes, they do, but it's not a covenant of salvation. You only get saved through Jesus. He is the Messiah. He's already come. We're not waiting for the Messiah to come except for the second go around when he comes back. Okay. But the Messiah has already come. And of course, many of the people living in Israel, the Jewish people, they don't believe that many of the Jews in America, they don't believe that. Now you do have those who have those Jews who have received Christ as their Lord and savior. But for those of you that have been to Israel and you, you begin to understand a little bit about the culture and the context of that uh, special nation, you understand that the, that the Jews that uh, would be uh, in Judaism who convert to Christianity, who receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are one of the most hated people groups in the entire nation. The Orthodox Jews hate them. Many, many of the Orthodox Jews would love to see them just, you know, like erased. I'm talking about the Christians, the Jewish uh, believers that put their faith and trust in Christ. They are persecuted with fierce persecution 
there in Israel. So uh, the Bible is true. There, there is salvation only through Jesus Christ. So Jews and Gentiles, both alike outside of Christ, are all under the power of sin. Verse 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, there's some really good sinners. They're seeking God. No, sinners don't seek God. Sinners just live in their sin. They live in darkness. And they don't want anything to do with the light. The only reason that they receive Christ is because God grants them repentance. Because it's because people share the gospel through the various formats of sharing the gospel in a clear and understandable way. And they hear the good news presented. And it pulls that veil of darkness back, and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm in darkness. I need Christ. I, I need a Savior. I need, I need redemption from my sins. Mm -mm. That's, that's the only reason a sinner chooses God is because they've seen their sinful state. <laughs> There's no noble sinner seeking after God. That's a, that's, a, that's a myth that doesn't exist. So to say we are a seeker-sensitive church is contradictory, really, in a sense. It doesn't even make any sense. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What is the whole strategy, really, behind a seeker-sensitive church. I can tell you the formula. Don't ever preach against sin. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, you're starting off quick out of the gate today. But my friends, that's, that's true. That's one of the formulas for these, quote, seeker-sensitive churches is don't ever preach against sin. One of the other formulas, by the way, is keep the messages extremely short. They now have messages that are so short, you can have what's called an express service where the message will not go over nine minutes. That's all the people can handle. That's all they can handle. Nine minutes. Get us out of here. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Also, these types of churches, they have stripped out of their doctrine, out of their theology, and especially out of the preaching from the pulpit, any vestige of the supernatural that belongs to the church. You'll never hear from the pulpit of these seeker-sensitive churches, you'll never ever hear a preacher talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You'll never hear a message that brings a fiery conviction, not condemnation, <clears throat> but conviction of sin. They, they're avoiding that on purpose. You'll never hear those ministers ever talk about the fact that Jesus is a deliverer and he can set you free if you're possessed or oppressed by demon spirits. You'll never hear them talk about that. They won't do those types of things. Mm -mm. What has happened? What has this produced? Well, it's produced a huge segment within the church that is completely unprepared for persecution that's coming. Yes, Pastor Stephen, we need to pray for the church in China. They're, they're going through persecution. Uh, we need to pray and we need to prepare the Western church for persecution that is coming and in many ways is already here, but it's going to begin to go up in intensity. And you've got to be ready for that because I can tell you right now, many are not. They're completely unprepared for it. 
They have not been taught how to depend on the Lord. They have not been taught how to truly trust in the Lord. See, they've got all these props and all of these crutches and all of this stuff. But should persecution come, it's going to jolt many of them, and they're going to be unprepared, untaught of how to deal with it. So there's going to be a lot of compromise. The Apostle Paul even talked about a falling away. And so we have to be strong in the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, I think the message of salvation has been so watered down that a lot of people think they can get to heaven just because they think I'm a good person. I'm a good person, Pastor Stephen. You know, I, I do nice things. If I see the Girl Scouts out, I buy, their, I buy their, their cookies. I'm a good person. If I see an elderly person trying to cross the street, I go and I help and I assist them. And I do, not, I do nice things. And I make donations to humanitarian causes. And uh, I don't scream out profane words. And uh, I, I, I don't drive my car through crowds and run over people. And um, I don't do awful bad things. I'm a good person. Surely God would let me in because I'm a good person. And so the gospel has not been presented in its full light to these types of people who do not understand that there is none good in the eyes of God. None. Romans chapter 3 verse 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's nobody good enough to go to heaven. Well, Pastor Stephen, that person seems so sweet and so nice. Well, I'm not saying they don't have a nice personality. But I, but I am saying this, if they don't know Christ and they're not born again, although they may have a nice personality and a sweet smile, and they may, you know, bake gingerbread cookies during Christmas season and give them away to the neighbors, they are still lost in their sins, and they are on their way to eternal destruction. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Mm. One of the Old Testament prophets said, all of your good works, all of your righteous deeds in the eyes of God are filthy rags. Mm -mm. self-righteousness. Look, you can't get to heaven on good works. You can only get to heaven through faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving him based upon what he accomplished for you and me at Calvary. Our redemption hanging on that cross, shedding his blood as a sinless sacrifice, as a substitute for the wrath that should have come on us. It went on God. He was the holy substitute. And so anybody that puts their faith and trust in him receives impartation of his righteousness. And if you don't have it, you're not righteous, no matter how sweet you are, no matter how many uh, animals you rescue, no matter, no matter how many uh, nice deeds you do, you're not righteous in the eyes of God. You can't get to heaven on good works. Why? Because everybody has a sin nature. And unless that sin nature is taken away and you're born again, you are lost in your sins and separated from God and the wrath of God. Oh, God loves you, but his wrath will be poured upon you because of your rejection of Christ, his son. And that's the gospel. And we don't hear the full gospel preached much anymore. And that's why a lot of pre people sit in churches involved in the most awful sins, not saved. And look, I meet some of these people that go to some of these uh, famous churches 
my wife was talking to a, a lady uh, very recently, a lesbian, uh, involved in a relationship with another woman. And this woman has a, a child. And so these two women are raising this child. And this woman was pouring out her, her great turmoil that she's going through in life. And she just happened to share it with Kelly. And Kelly said, well, Jesus can deliver you from what you're going through and what you're bound in, and he can set you free. And she said, well, I go to church, <laughs> right? So I'm just saying that's the culture today in America. You, got, you have child molesters going to church. You have homosexuals, lesbians. You've got perverts. You've got, uh, you've got all kinds of people going to church. But, and they're sitting there. They're sitting there, and there's no convicting message. There is no call for repentance. And so, you know, uh, Kelly told this lady, she, Kelly said, you know, you're living in sin, don't you? She said, yeah. She said, I, I know that. And Kelly said, well, the church you're going to ha has, the, has the pastor or the associate pastors or the elders, have they ever spoken to you and offered to help you get out of this bondage that you're in? Or she said, no. She said, no. And, you know, so you, you'll have a lot of these people, same-sex marriage. Sitting in churches, holding hands. I'm talking about even in evangelical churches. And a lot of these ministers won't say anything. Why? All they want is big numbers, big crowds. Oh, that's not really what they're after, Pastor Steve. Oh, yes, it is. That's exactly what they're after. They have giant egos. They have big heads. And their churches are full of cobwebs that go all the way to the top. And that references that these cobwebs are in the leadership of the church. And I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that this seeker-sensitive type thing, which has been uh, worked in the American culture now for 30 years, it has, it has done a lot of damage to a lot of Christians. It has confused a lot of unbelievers, and it has not prepared God's people for what's coming. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Your heart needs to be completely dedicated to the Lord. You know, I've had the privilege of the Lord of traveling all over the world, ministering in many different nations, uh, some of these nations multiple times. And so when you begin to form a global view and you see how some Christians in some countries are fiercely persecuted, uh, but you see tremendous commitment for them to walk with the Lord against such adversarial circumstances. It really helps you to make those inner adjustments, even if you live in a country that's very free. But remember, the freedoms in America have been eroding and eroding, and uh, they have been falling apart. We've lost a lot of the freedoms that we used to have, and the country is not going back to uh, many of the freedoms that we had in decades previously. Hallelujah. So your heart needs to be fully committed to the Lord, to go all the way with the Lord. Oh, this is not, uh, you know, like it used to be back in communist Russia when the KGB ruled in terror. Oh, not that things that uh, are done in secret aren't still done in Russia. But, uh, you know, when when you had these awful things being done back in, particularly in the eighties. And you know, the churches were all underground. All of the Christians were, were persecuted. And if you were caught in a church service, 
it most likely meant that you could get executed on the spot. If they didn't execute you, uh, they're going to have a lot of fun torturing you. So you really did have, have to uh, lay it all on the line to be a Christian. And so this is really foreign to many Westerners in, in, the, in the Western church. This whole mindset is very foreign to them. But I'm here to tell you that things are not the way they used to be in America anymore. You need to really be dialed in. True story of one of these uh, secret churches meeting uh, in a hidden location. Sometimes they're called underground churches. It doesn't mean they're meeting in, you know, a cellar or somewhere like that. Although they often do meet in places like that because if you want to sing or worship, you've got to find a place where they can't hear you. They can't see you coming together. So all of that's to be done in secret. And um, but a true story in Russia where this one group was meeting worshiping the Lord. I believe there were about 50 people together and uh, they were uh, worshiping and they were getting ready to take the communion. And here came the KGB and with those big boots busted the door open uh, men, uh, the guards coming in soldiers coming in with armed uh, you know, fully armed with, you know, the AK 47 machine guns and everything. And the commander in charge said, Every one of you that is not a Christian, get up and get out right now. And about 30 people left. Who, uh, before then, you know, said, we're Christians. We profess our faith in Christ. But the moment the KGB showed up with execution-style tactics, said, uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, this is your opportunity to renounce your faith and get out with your life. Well, about, about half of them walked out. And the other half, including the pastor, they stayed. And you had men and women and their young children, and you, you had those that stayed. And so, uh, you know, the commander said, he told his soldiers, he said, lock the door. And, you know, you know cocked the rifle, and uh, it looked like it was firing squad time. And all the others, you know, that left, they were running away, terrified and stuff like that. And they, uh, they, so the soldiers locked the door, and when the doors were all locked, the commander, the commander who was the commando that burst in, he said, okay. He said, is everybody in this room sure that you're willing to die for Christ? And everybody said yes. They all, they all said yes. He said, good. And he put his gun down. And the other soldiers put their guns down. And he said, we're Christians too. But we had to make absolutely sure that you really did have all of your faith in Christ. Because we want to take communion with you. <laughs> That's a true story <laughs> told by a pastor after the fall of communism uh, uh, in the 80s. Praise God. Very, very interesting times. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know anything like that in America. I don't know anything like that here. Times are dramatically changing. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, if, if President Trump wins the reelection, then he'll, he'll, he'll buffer all of that for us. We'll never feel anything. Should he win reelection? There will still be some buffeting there. He'll, he's like a bulwark against all of that hatred and venom that Satan is directing through individuals that hate the church and hate the nation. Uh, but there's still there's still going to be a lot of corruption be, because the nation has gone so far down. You have a lot of people now that are just not saved. They're not saved. Mm, mm, mm. And so let me tell you this right now. You're sweet unsaved friends that you that you like and you enjoy your fellowship with and even your sweet 
unsaved relatives that you're related to by blood, but yet they're not saved. You need to understand those people while you love them and you care for them. You need to understand they are spiritually dead. They are dead in their sins. They're dead in their sins. And when restrictions begin to be removed and lawlessness comes in, nice people that aren't saved, nice people, you'll find out who they really are. Why? Because they're spiritually dead. And when you're spiritually dead, your master is none other than Satan himself. And nice people, when things go wrong, they go right along with it. Why? They're, they're dead. They don't know Christ. And so that's their nature, just to go on into darkness. You need to understand that if a person is outside of Christ, they are lost in their sins. And unless they come to Christ to receive salvation, they will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Hmm. That's why we're here doing what we're doing, preaching the gospel, preaching the good news that Christ died for sinners. And that when you put your faith and trust in him, he saves you from your sins. He gives you his New life, and he imparts into the sinner righteousness. And now you're clean. Now you can come before the Father because when the Father sees you, he sees that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And you've been born again, so you have a new nature. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. There's a lot of Christians just think good people, they'll make, they'll make it. They'll make it. Not if they're not saved. Doesn't matter how good you are, quote, good. And, and, you know, Paul said, hey, there, there are no good when it comes down to it. Really, a lot of the good stuff that people do, a lot of that is for their own ego, their own pat. They love the pat on the back. It's for, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's for it's for themselves. Praise the Lord. If it doesn't glorify the Lord and you can't when you're a sinner, then um, it glorifies the person. Woo! praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So my friends. These cobwebs, they have, they have meaning. We need to understand the spider web. First of all, the spider web represents deception. They hatch viper's eggs and weave the spider's web. They weave the spider's web. The spider's web represents deception. Have you ever heard the poem, A Tangled Web We Weave When We Practice to deceive. So that web represents a web of deception, not being honest with the church members, not being honest with the people of what's really going on. And yes, while the joy of the Lord is our strength, we still need to be sober and we need to be aware of what's taking place because things aren't the way they used to be 10, 20 years ago. Praise God. The spider web also represents an inability to support you. Now, spider silk is actually extremely strong if you can take it and wrap it and strand it together. And scientists have figured that out. It's, it's actually stronger than steel. But uh, how many of you know spiders don't do that? That would have to be something that would have to be fabricated in a laboratory or somewhere. But as it is, a spider's web, you can just you can walk right through it. It's kind of a weird feeling. Uh, it's not a comfortable feeling because you're always wondering, if this is, where's the spider? <laughs> but spider's web doesn't have strength. That's why it says their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. They're not strong enough. 
So the spider's webs also represents these teachings and these mindsets that these mindsets and this type of teaching, it doesn't work when things get tough. When you have to go through good times, you can get, you can, um, you can go through good times without a full tank. But when you're going through tribulation and we're, when you're going through stuff that could be really tough, you'll, you'll find out that there are certain things that just don't work. Woo. But the word will, but you have to really know it and lean upon it and trust God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You find out what really works. And you also find out what doesn't work under difficult circumstances and under times of persecution or tribulation. Praise God. This is, I believe, also one of the reasons why we actually have quite a following in the underground church in China. Now, I don't talk much about this, but almost all of my books, I think five out of seven, have been translated into Mandarin Chinese, and they just circulate throughout the, uh, the Chinese church, the, the underground church. And the Lord is touching people, helping people through the concepts of fasting and prayer and walking close with God because they live in a very, very dangerous place where confession of Christ uh, can mean, oh, you're going to a re-education camp and that, that they can just come pick you up, take you away from your family, and you'll never see them again for the rest of your life. You disappear off into one of these re-education camps and work on a farm for the rest of your life. Or something worse. They just take you and, you know, take you out somewhere and shoot you. Mm-mm. We also have believers that watch us in Iran. And I just talked with my friend uh, uh, who uploaded the uh, Iran Alive satellite ne- uh, network. And he, sa- he, he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, our shows are airing, the ones that he and I did. And the people in Iran, that these programs help them. Why? Because you can't feed people fluff when you're risking your life to believe this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You have to tell people the truth, and you have to get them equipped so they can walk close to the Lord, and they can hear from the Holy Spirit and follow that leading so that there's protection and deliverance. Praise God. And that you stay alive even in dangerous times. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so this is very important to enlighten the people of God with Scripture. Psalm 91 for protection. Isaiah 54, verse 17 for protection. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. A strong knowledge of God's covenant protection for your life in the midst of lawlessness in certain cities of America. Where it's even celebrated. It's even celebrated. It's not just tolerated. It's actually celebrated. Mm. Lawlessness is even celebrated in parts of our country today. So you need to know these things. Praise the Lord. Because you don't want to be another statistic of something bad that happened uh, to yourself. You want to know these principles. You want to walk in covenant with God. A protection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, the spider webs also represent that which is archaic and old and passing off the scene. And it needs to. 
It needs to. Praise God. I don't need a smoke and mirror show. And I'm not opposed to lights and creativity and things like that. But um, feed me with some meat that will feed me. Don't treat me like I'm a kindergartner or I'm still in elementary school spiritually. Give me something that will help me in the time and in the age I'm living. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give me things I can use. Praise God. And these are things that we need to know and understand in the time in which we're living. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was just talking, uh, actually not talking, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, it'll come to me in just a moment. WhatsApp. Uh, chatting through WhatsApp with a pastor friend of mine in Asia. And he said, um, he said, Brother Stephen, he said, our country, our, the leaders of the country have said that our nation will be on lockdown. Now, think about this. No church service is allowed. No meetings of the believers. See, uh, the word church, uh, that's referring to the assembly, the coming together of believers. And he said, our, our leadership of our nation has said, we are going to remain in lockdown until September of 2021. Just all you're allowed, get out your house, go to the grocery store, come back. That's it. That's about it. Well, the, they keep a few essential places open, but no meetings, no religious meetings, nothing. Shut it all down. There's a few, a few uh, sinful things they're allowed to keep on going, of course, but shut the church down, shut everything down. Incredible. Incredible times we're living in. Persecution against the church, perse persecution against God's people. And you have to be, you have to be prepared for these types of things. Now, Recently, I have been encouraging you to read good books by those who were veterans of real persecution and went through it and lived their lives out. And although they had many times of danger, sometimes even actually oftentimes life threatening danger over and over, God protected them because he is a covenant keeping God. But you need to know scriptures of protection and you need to walk with God. Praise God. And I've shared books such as A Present Help by Marie Monson, who was even taken captive by a group of outlaws during the Boxer Rebellion there in China. Pastor Stephen, what was the Boxer Rebellion like? Well, this happened in the early 1900s, and it was basically a country that slid into lawlessness where there was no police force. It was like the wild, wild west of America, as they said back in the 1880s. Uh, actually, the, the wild, wild west really wasn't that wild as it's made out to be. A lot of that is romanticized through movies. But in the Boxer Rebellion, it was wild. And you had looters, and you had gang members, and you had, you had people that would get bad, people that would get together, and it's just survival of the fittest. And if that meant kill a whole village of people so you can get their food, and that's what it meant. You just go in and mow them all down with guns and kill them all and shoot them and just take their food and plunder the village. And then, uh, you know, eventually three weeks later, go on to another village and kill them all. But there was tremendous vengeance against Christians, especially the missionaries. They were the targets. Kill all the missionaries. Kill all of the missionaries, the Christian missionaries. Mm -mm. And those that knew their God, God supernaturally protected over and over and over and over again. But if you're full of fluff 
and you're full of, uh, you know, smoke and mirror, dog and pony show type stuff. Um, you know, when things get tough, uh, it's, it's not going to work. You're going to be in trouble. So, my friends, here's something wonderful. I know that's the reason many of you watch these messages and these programs. Because about 12 years ago, I had a couple of pastors tell me, Pastor Stephen, you should not be on the Internet functioning in a sense as a Internet church. You shouldn't do that. That's not scriptural. Now, today they're all doing it. They told me not to do it. Now, today they're all doing it. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, why'd you start doing it? Because I knew what was coming. I could sense in my spirit there will be persecution in the future. So go ahead and get ahead of the curve and start uh, developing an online type church structure where you can minister the word to people, take communion together, because there will be times and conditions where people uh, will not be able to assemble together as a local church. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I do believe that if President Trump had not become our president by this time, most likely the faithful Christians in America by this time probably would be underground. If you want, in other words, if you wanted to have a, a church service, you would probably have to do that in secret somewhere, in hiding somewhere, or risk going to jail or something like that. Mm -mm. See, this is not a message of fear. This is just a message of reality. That there can be times when persecution sweeps through nations and doesn't mean that, it, that, that it's going to be permanent. But sometimes, you know, it could roll for, uh, you know, five or six years or something like that. And God can still be doing revival. The gospel can still be going forth and being preached. But you need to be aware of the times that we are living in. And you really need to pray for President Trump because if the other gentleman and his running mate give in, uh, get in. You're looking at a man, uh, you know, that uh, is running against Trump. You're looking at a man that absolutely loves killing little babies. He loves abortion. He loves killing little babies. Absolutely delights in it and conducts homosexual marriages and all these types of things where American society has tried to redefine the truth. Let me be an old-fashioned preacher and tell you right now. Anytime you try to redefine truth, you're going to get bit. It's going to come out really, really bad in the end. Mm -mm. And this man has a running mate who is a Hindu. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that person's a Catholic. No, uh, no, no. You're going to have to get past the spider webs and find out what's really going on. Find out what the agenda really is. A radical person with radical beliefs, more so, more extreme and radical than any other member in the Congress or the Senate or the House. You're talking about an extremely radical person with Hindu ideology and a great dislike for those that believe that Christ is the Savior of the world. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, the Hindu people, that's a, now that's a very peaceful religion. Oh, you'll find out how peaceful they are when you start preaching the gospel to them. Who do you think killed the Apostle Thomas? <laughs> the Hindu priest did. Ran him through his spears. Mm -mm. I've been to India. I've been to his gravesite. Hmm. And I've ministered to Hindu people here in the States. 
That is a very thick wall of deception that they have. It's a very heavy veil of deception, and only the Spirit of God can lift it. And you really have to pray. You really have to pray just for the light to get through to them. Oh, there was a Hindu man locally that I, I prayed for, and I would always try to minister to him. The veil was so thick over him. And he, he, had, he had total knowledge of the church. He had total knowledge of, you know, uh, some of the basic doctrines of Christian faith. But um, he, he fell back on that thinking that, well, I'm a good person. Good people, you know, you're going to end up going somewhere good. By the way, really, if you talk to the Muslims, and I have. If you talk to the Muslims, that's their same ideology, which is this. Your eternal destiny is decided on how you live your life. And if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, now we're all going to have some bad deeds, they admit. But if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then you go to a place when you die that will be heaven or, you know, whatever they, they, their idea of the reward in the afterlife is. That, my friends, is a deception. That, that's, that's, that is a huge spin of a huge spider web, and you cannot get to heaven on good works, because every human has a sin nature, and Christ Jesus and salvation through Him is the only remedy for the sin nature. Mm -mm. If you're not saved, you must be born again. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I was praying pretty much all day on Yom Kippur, spending time with the Lord in a little prayer closet that I have. Well, about three weeks ago, I went into the prayer closet and, you know, it, it's, it's newly remodeled and everything and uh, things are new in there and there's clothes hanging in there. And I went in there. And much to my aggravation, there were spider webs all over the place, down at the, towards the baseboards. And I said, well, there's obviously a spider around here somewhere. Uh, I don't know how he's living, because it's not like there's any bugs for him to catch. So I don't know how he's staying alive. Maybe he'll just die. So I cleaned up all the spider webs, got all that cleaned up. Then I felt happy in my little prayer closet. Came back, like, you know, a few days later to go back in that particular place to pray again. And there's the spider webs. They're there all over again. And I thought, well, obviously, he's, he's around here somewhere. Uh, he's, he's rebuilt everything I tore down. So I cleaned all the spider webs out again. And this went on for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I thought, well, it's time for desperate measures. And I went out to the uh, garage, and I got the insect the spider killer, bug killer. It'll kill anything, you know. And so I just sprayed it all over the place, all over the baseboards and, uh, you know, all over the floor. And then cleaned everything all up again, got all the, got rid of all the spider webs. And then, but then, then just sprayed it all over again. Just probably sprayed too much, just soaked it. Now I thought, surely he's going to, he's going to be dead now. And, uh, well, I came in just the other day and walked right through a spider web. I thought, well, I don't know where he's at, but if there's a web, there's a spider around here somewhere. So while I was praying in that little closet on Yom Kippur, while I was in prayer, I stopped for some reason, and I opened my eyes, and right there in front of me was the spider coming down on a web, and he stopped right in front of me. And I looked up, and I thought, oh, 
He's been hiding up there by the light bulb. And he had, uh, he had come down from the light. He was coming back down to start recreating all the webs. And he came right down in front, literally, of my eyes, of my face. <laughs> I thought, well, I thought, Lord, uh, I know how to stop all the spider webs. It's basically catch the spider. So I caught the spider, and I disposed of the spider, and uh, I, I have great confidence there's not going to be any more spider webs because uh, the fabricator of the webs is now gone. Mm -mm. My friends, I really do believe that as we have now gone into the new Hebraic year, 5781, I believe it's a year that you're going to catch the spider, that you're going to hear things spun to you that are total lies. And even if it seems like there's an element of truth to it, you will move slowly and cautiously. Why? Because of the source that's, you know, perpetrating what it is that you're hearing, having a great reputation. You know, the, the media is very corrupt today. We do not live in a day anymore of what could be called unbiased journalism. It's all extremely slanted towards what would uh, give agreement to that which would be sinful or wrong. Now, it used to be in journalism that you would report the truth, whether it's your political party that's done something wrong, uh, even still, you would, you would bring that report out because we want fairness and we want honesty on both sides. But now, uh, it's totally biased. And if you have somebody that's completely corrupt, but, uh, but yet, all of the evidence is there. You have journalism now that will not report it, that will ignore it, they will not cover it, because they want to continue to do what? Perpetuate a lie. And that's what the spider does. He spins the webs of deception and lies and says, everything will be fine. Just trust us. We have everything under control. Well, my, my trust is in the Lord. Praise God. And I pray for, for civil authorities and, uh, and, and the leaders that, that we have. But praise God. My friends, this is a time where the Lord is removing webs of deception from people's ways of thinking. And the Lord is pulling if I can say this, he's pulling back the veil and he's allowing. Now, watch also what's going to happen as we move towards the election. I believe you're going to see the veil pulled back and you're going to see some things going on against Trump's adversaries that are, that are evil, extremely evil in nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. And let me say this also, just because I pray for President Trump and I thank God for him, don't think for a moment that I'm not aware that there are many Republicans that are lost in their sins and they need Christ as their Lord and Savior. And don't think just because you maybe you vote along a conservative line that you think somehow that justifies you in the eyes of God. The only thing that justifies you in the eyes of God is being found in Christ, his son. And if you're not in Christ, you're lost in your sins. No matter how uh, morally good you may try to behave, if you don't have Christ as your Lord and Savior, you cannot make it to heaven. Mm, and you choose by default to go to the other location. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, how can people be buying these lies? 
Why in the world would somebody believe some of the crazy things that are said and even go along with it? Because of the dirty devil with his spiderous activity. He's like a snake, a viper. All these yucky creatures are symbolic of demonic activity. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Who are perishing. Who are lost in their sins. They are perishing. But Pastor Stephen, they seem like such sweet people. They're sweet people as they're perishing in their sins. Mm-mm. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. See, he's blinded their minds who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We live in an age now where pastors are being put in jail for having services. Mm-mm. We live in an age now where people inspired by demons of atheistic communism are pushing for Anything to do with God and morality for these people to be labeled as those who proclaim hate speech and to be silenced. Mm. Now, these are the ones that used to say, you know, well, we're all for freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Uh, No, they're not. Not at all. The, the, all, the only expression they want is theirs. (laughs) And the only freedom of speech they want is theirs in any other voice. They want it silenced. Praise God. So you have to understand the pressures that will come against the Christians, and you must stand, because if you stand, the Lord will honor you, the Lord will bless you, the Lord will strengthen you. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you have to be, you have to be strong. I remember when I was a young man in college, and I had a friend of mine. Uh, he and I were both dorm directors. Uh, well, we didn't direct the whole dorm. We were each assigned over a, a hall uh, called an RA, residential assistant. So this is your whole hall, and I had a hall, and, and he had a whole hall. And he and I were the two worship leaders uh, at the church that we both attended. And this was a large uh, college church. And so uh, one Sunday, he would lead the worship. The next Sunday, I would lead the worship and we would, we would, uh, you know, sometimes we'd even tag team and we'd go together and I'd sing a song. He'd, he'd lead and he would lead the next song. And we had a lot of fun. We were, we were real good friends. But, um, one day I went up to his hall to visit him on the dorm floor that he was on and he was busy doing something, going to each door. He was passing stuff out to every, uh, resident on his hall. And I said, uh, I said, hey, uh, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm passing out uh, certain types. uh, This was a guy's hall. He said, I'm passing out, you know, contraceptives. (laughs) I said, you're doing what? Uh, He said, well, I'm passing these out. He said, they they require me to pass these out. 
So I, I'm passing it out. I said, well, I'm not passing those things out. He said, well, you know, he said, they told me if I don't do it, I'll, I'll lose my job. And then I won't be able to stay in college. And then, you know, I won't be able to pay for my college and stuff like that. I said, well, I'm not passing anything out like that at all. I, I'm not doing that. They, they didn't even ask me to do it. They probably didn't ask me because I knew I wouldn't do it in the first place. <laughs> and this was a secular college, a state college. And I said, I said, but my friend, I said, but everything that you talk about in church, you as a leader, you and I with the other younger you know, students looking up to us, everything that we say about, hey, this is the way we're supposed to live our life and honor the Lord. I said, I said, you're just throwing that all out of the window right now by this compromise. I said, what what would any of the other students, Christian students that you stand before and they saw you doing this? The, what, what in the world will they think of you? He goes, well, what am I supposed to do? They told me I'm going to lose my job. I said, well, lose your job. Lose your job, if that's what it means. Oh, I, I, but Stephen, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. So here he goes. Hey, here, have some of these. Take two. Take three. And make sure you know, always use them in case you have those moments. And he's passing, passing all these contraceptives out and stuff like, you know, to, you know, to unwed people. So that he's basically saying, go commit all the fornication that you want. Which God said, do not, for, do not commit fornication. Mm. Well, now, Pastor, uh, now, Pastor Steve, I know that's true, but you have to understand that the day and age we're living in that, you know, uh, well, you know what? I'm just saying you have to be ready to stand strong. Mm-mm. And when you smell a stinky skunk, when you smell the smell of compromise, just say, no, you know what? I'm staying with the Lord. God will take care of me. And should I lose my job? God will give me a better job. And should I be persecuted and I lose these so-called friends? Well, then they weren't really friends in the first place. I'm going to stand with God and I'm going to stand with the faithful, even, even if it means I lose my life. And if you're not really ready for that, you're not really ready for a commitment like that, I would highly encourage you to really reexamine your faith and understand that Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. John chapter 16, verse 33. You don't have to let these things overwhelm you and beat you down and like, oh, oh. No, you, it's different for the covenant child of God. Watch as you walk with God in the midst even of persecution, in the midst of difficulties. It, when you walk with God, you'll not only survive, you'll thrive. And God will prove his protection to you. And God will prove to you that his blessing will work for you regardless of what the culture is, regardless of what the climate is, regardless of who's in office or not. God will take you up and God will hold you up. Praise God. But don't you compromise and run off and deny Christ with all that you know and that all that's been put into you. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Praise God. Uh, that, that friend of mine, I said, look, I said, I know why you're doing this. I said, I'm not condemning you. But I said, you know, you're compromising uh, what you know to be truth. He said, I know. He said, I know. And I really think that the Lord had ministry for him. I don't know if he ever made it into the ministry or not. But I know one thing that. If you don't have a backbone, even if you do make it into the ministry, you're not going to last long. Because the ministry, you can feel the heat sometimes. Sometimes just standing here, 
and preaching. When I say certain things from the Word of God in the Spirit, I can feel the pushback. I can feel it. I can sense the devil says, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. They'll censor you. Don't say that. Don't say that. And, oh, I can understand why the Apostle Paul said, pray for me that I may have boldness. Why? There are those powers that would like for you to back down and not tell the truth and just uh, sit in the water while, uh, like the frog, while the water keeps getting turned up hotter and hotter and just enjoy it. Don't really pay attention that you're being boiled alive. Just sit there and don't say anything. No, no. Paul said, pray that I may have boldness. Why? He was on the front line and you, and you can feel it. You can feel it. Praise God. And I know that I'm talking to people that for the most part aren't hidden somewhere behind a monastery wall. You're out there, you're in the world, but you're not of it. You're, you're working, you're living, you're around sinners all the time. And there are many opportunities to maybe not so much renounce your faith, but to just give those little compromises that would chip away and make your testimony of no value. Because mm -mm, they'll, they'll, they'll say, or they'll, they'll think, well, you don't even believe that. You don't even practice that. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, brace yourself for persecution joyfully, knowing that Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There's not anything that the enemy can throw at you that God can't get you through. Praise God. And protect you that not one hair on your head be harmed or hurt. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the Lord has protected me from many, many different things. I've had situations where the enemy has reached with great rage and anger against me to try to get, and he just, he just can't get me. Why? The, the Lord's protection. There have been meetings that I have left where God moved mightily and, and, and people were touched and healed and delivered and great miracles took place and Christ was greatly exhausted and glorified. And I've left those meetings and, and, and Satan would come in such a rage with multiple attempts to have the vehicle that I was being taken back to the hotel in to be engaged in a wreck or the most uh, just crazy pandemonium things that would break out. But yet God has gotten me through these things over and over, not only in America, but around the world. Many of them absolutely life-threatening, without question, life-threatening, right on the edge. But he, the enemy couldn't get me. Why? Protection. Covenant. But you have to understand, we're all at different levels. That's why you need to be very serious about your walk with God, because you can't play around and stay stuck at this little bitty infant type level. And then all of a sudden, the flax starts flying, and you're like, oh, uh, uh, what are those scriptures on protection again? Uh, you, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll react in a way that will not glorify the Lord if you're not rooted and grounded in Him. Praise God. And it can't just be head knowledge. You have to be walking with the Lord. It has to be in your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. See, as I've mentioned earlier, I've had the privilege of, of going to many different nations. Uh, a dear friend of mine, I believe he's in heaven now, uh, Dr. Moses Cho, started over 3,000 churches in communist China, atheistic 
communist China started over 3,000 underground churches. Woo! Hallelujah. By the way, in China, uh, you're not even considered a general if the church that you oversee or pastor doesn't have at least 50,000 members. Mm -mm. Praise God. And Dr. Cho, you know, as I would talk with him, would tell me stories and stories. By the way, um, I've never told you this, but Dr. Cho, uh, Brother Moses, wanted me and Kelly to come with him and move and go back with him to Burma. And um, we, we thought about it. We prayed about it. He said, I'll cover everything. He said, I'll cover your food, your lodging, everything. He said, come stand with me and minister and ministry and help me to continue to minister into China. See, he couldn't go back into China because he was on top five. Most wanted. And several times, many times, they almost got him. <laughs> Hair raising, life threatening. He was top five most wanted. But every time he escaped. One time they sent an entire army division after him. After one man. After one man. Mm -mm. And he told me how God delivered him. But me and Kelly knew that it wasn't God's plan for me to uh, go in that direction. But see, even today, having done the right thing, God's kind of looped back around. And even today, we're still ministering and reaching greatly into the land of China. Praise God. Hallelujah. But when you understand what others not only have gone through, but are also walking through in other parts of the earth, you have to understand that um, uh, there, there's places in America, many cities in America that are extremely dangerous. And there's, there's a lot of bad things in America. There's, there's a lot of uh, sex trafficking. There are a lot of kids being taken by force that are disappearing. And a lot of uh, liberal journalists have laughed and mocked and said, this stuff is just a joke. This stuff doesn't really happen. Let me tell you that Charlotte is one of the leading cities, if not the leading city in America for sex trafficking. It's, it's disgusting. It's pathetic. Mm. Mm. I, uh, if, if I were uh, in rule and sex traffickers were caught, the men would be castrated immediately. Mm. And they'd be forced into um, hard labor in prison for the rest of their life. But there's a lot of these women that are given over to Satan that are involved in it also. And one of the most famous quarterbacks in America who's retired came down the stairs of his beautiful mansion he and his wife right when a woman was kidnapping their precious grandchild and the woman had already picked the grandchild up and was running away with the grandchild oh that stuff doesn't happen oh you, you better believe it happens it's out there there are wicked people not just inspired by Satan possessed by Satan Doing evil, evil things. So many of these crazy stories that we've heard in other countries, the stuff that's going on here, there's, there's persecution. You need to be walking with the Lord. I have a very uh, dear friend of mine. He's like a spiritual son. And he came from India. And as a child, he was kidnapped three times. Both times when he was kidnapped, the intent of the kidnappers was to use him as an offering to Satan in a sacrifice. Why? Because he was a pastor's son. And that's, they, they want to go after the special targets. They 
for the enemy. And I don't want to get too much in that because the darkness is disgusting. But the enemy wants particularly something that could be corrupted or defiled. But each time God delivered him, each time God delivered him. And there was a tremendous false prophet in India that mesmerized millions of people with <laughs> some of the miracles were fake. Some of them were real because they were done through occult power. And he had a huge following. This guru did over in India. Uh, but this young, this uh, young man who was kidnapped, uh, who's not young anymore, he's now in his 40s. But he told me, he told me that when he was just about to be sacrificed, he said it was actually that Indian guru that was, that was watching on a diabolical satanic throne. And he was watching me because I was about to have my head cut off. And he said that man... Who, by the way, his, after that guy, the, after that so-called guru died, a lot of people found out all the dirty stuff that this guy was doing behind the scenes of molesting children. And, and also all of those powers, occult powers that he was operating in were based upon receiving a uh, diabolical empowerment through blood sacrifices. Anyhow, something happened that interrupted the service. And during the, the service, uh, the people that were going to execute this young man, they were distracted. And he was able to escape, get out of his bonds and escape. And eventually, he made it to America. And when he came to America, I was one of the first people he met because he came from a Pentecostal background. And when he came here, he was just like, well, Lord, I'm never going to find anybody. But he ran right into a Pentecostal preacher here. Praise God. Now God's raising him up today to preach the gospel. Mm -mm. So I just need to let you know, not in fear, but in wisdom, that times aren't the way they used to be. You need to be braced for uh, persecution. You need to be walking close with God so that you're protected and that you're safe. Hallelujah. So that the promise of Psalm 91, though a thousand fall on my left or 10,000 on my right. Well, Pastor Stephen, it will certainly come to you if they're all going down, it will come to you. No, no, no. Not for the covenant child of God. Though a, a thousand fall my, at my left and 10,000 at my right, it will not come near me. Say it. It will not come near me. Why? Child of God covenant child of God and you know your covenant rights mm, 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 mm. thank you Lord Jesus Jesus said be of good cheer I've overcome the world he's overcome all of it those blessings go to the believer who understands the power of the covenant keeping God that we serve you have nothing to fear you have nothing to fear. Walk with the Lord and he'll take care of you. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Mm -mm. We will see some cities completely given over into total disillusionment. Well, their spider web of deception is so thick that people actually celebrate the most vile sins. And even should help be offered, they're like, oh, no, we don't want help. We want it to burn. We want lawlessness. We want people getting shot in the streets. That's what we want here. See, there were certain cities and villages that Jesus went to, and they rejected him. They said, oh, no, no, 
We don't want you coming in here. Well, don't you know that he can, he can heal the sick? Don't you know that he can raise the dead? Don't you know that he can make blind people see? We don't want it. And Jesus didn't say, well, I'm coming anyhow. No, Jesus said, well, you know, okay, there's, well, let's go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, you know, uh, you have uh, uh, James and John. Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven on them? And the Lord was like, no, <laughs> no, no. You know, we, we want to see them get saved. But so you can't force it either. You can't force it. But there will also be protected areas that God will fight to defend and protect where, where um, biblical values, and you could even say in some ways traditional American values, are still respected and honored and cherished and kept. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory. Yes. Yes, there will be judgments. And it's not that God's doing bad things to people. It's that people have sowed evil. And evil is going to be multiplied back to them with a harvest of uh, very extreme difficult consequences. Mm, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But we're praying for this nation, for the destiny of this nation, that this nation be... A nation of global evangelism. Hallelujah, because America is a very giving nation. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We continue to pray for our president, President Trump. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the work of the enemy... The deception will be unveiled to your people. They'll see any. There's just going to come. My friends, really, you're going to see a whole lot of discerning of spirits begin to operate in the people of God who walk with the Lord, who love the truth and hate a lie. You're going to really see discerning the spirits operate. And there's going to be times when you're going to, when something is being spun to you that is a lie, and it's going to stink so bad you're going to look around and start wondering are the toilets overflowing somewhere or did somebody just let a skunk in here and did the skunk spray all over the place let me tell you sin stinks and the work of the devil stinks and you will have the holy spirit manifest through you with the gift of discerning the spirits and you will smell it uh oh Ooh, this is not good this is an absolute total lie mm -mm. hallelujah praise god Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Father, as we go into this new Hebraic year, you're going to clean the spider webs out of the lives of your people. I'm speaking spiritually. Hallelujah. Any forms of entanglement or deceit are going to be removed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And any spiders creating these things will be unveiled for what they are. Mm -mm. As fabricators of lies. And they will not be trusted. 
Father, we give you praise and glory. There will at times be those that say, we want to help you. But the Holy Spirit will say, no, they want to entrap and entangle you. Do not receive their help. Praise the Lord. And there will be others that say, we want to help you. And they will have pure motives. They are sent from the Lord and from those you will receive from. Praise God. Father, we thank you for clarity and for discernment. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you that we are pilgrims and sojourners in this earth. We are just passing through. Hallelujah. We are residents and citizens of another kingdom, and we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Let us live for you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Now, Father, I'm praying for your people to have a mentality of backbone and strength, not one of fear and cowardice or being ashamed of you, but Father God, one of love and compassion for people and also one that will not compromise. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Your spirit's beginning to move across the nation. And we thank you for those the, that I see it'll be like lightning. You're going to strike certain people like with holy lightning and they will be anointed with special anointings. And there's going to be great moves of your spirit all across this nation and also in many, many parts of the world. Hallelujah. Even darkened Europe will have its opportunity to receive the glory. And the blessing, the new wine that the Lord, the, I would call it the, the wine at the end that the Lord wants the best that he wants to pour out at the end. Father, we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will do it so often right under the nose of the devil. Praise God. But there will be wise people, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, who understand the ways of the enemy and will know how to also walk in uh, stealth and be in a, a, a cloaked mode. Hallelujah. So they can accomplish what God wants to do. Lord, we give you praise, praise, praise. Thank you, Father God. Mm -hmm. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, O God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Glory. Glory to the Lord. I would say this should be something that you should pray about, which is where you live. And by no means am I saying come and live here. That would be crazy. If the Lord wants you to live right in the middle of a war zone, then that's where your blessing and protection is at. But there are some places that I believe they're going to have very, very difficult times. And there will be places where pandemonium in these areas will break out. And if you don't know, the, if you don't know the Lord, nobody's coming to help you. If things go crazy, if there's a breakdown in society and there's lawlessness and uh, nobody's picking up when you dial 911. If you don't know the Lord, uh, that that could be really a hairy situation. So you need to know the Lord and walk with the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. See, I, I've got friends around the world who th this this stuff is normal every day. You don't know what's going to happen. I have I have friends in Nigeria that live in the in the northern area where 
you know, you just walk with the Lord because Boko Haram is out there. And they come in with their, with their machine guns and they haul off children. And they take them away and they sell them to um, Muslim men that like to have a bunch of young wives. And, uh, you know, you're held up at gunpoint. You know what? So these are, these are men and women that know how to pray. So that, you know, they're either invisible to Boko Haram. Or there's a shield of protection that the enemy can't get through. This is real stuff. that They live this every day. And I've got friends in other countries that are drug-infested countries uh, where the law enforcement is totally bought out by the drug dealers. So you're not going to get any help from them. And if, you know, if you're causing a problem by preaching the gospel for the drug dealers and they send the hit squad, you better know the Lord. And I've, I've had friends personally that I know, that I've talked to, where the hit squad has shown up. And uh, the police aren't coming to help you. So you better know the Lord. And every single time, the Lord has defended them with mighty, fierce angels. Literally knocking people off the roof with their guns and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm talking about areas where oftentimes there are more women than men. And the women can't defend themselves. And the men, you know, it's not like you can have guns. You don't have a gun. And you're outnumbered. And they've all got guns. The bad guys all have guns. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess we're all going to die. No, 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 no. God can protect you. God can protect you. But you need to know your Lord before those situations ever un unfold. Should something like that happen. And you stand your ground. And you are a covenant person. Look, I'm telling you, the covenant will prevail over any circumstances. They tried to take Jesus and throw him off of a cliff. They wanted to murder him. They hated his preaching. And he walked right through their midst. Now, how did he do that, Pastor Stephen? Did they suddenly get amnesia? I'm just telling you that God has his ways. He knows how to deliver his people. He will deliver you. Now, make up your heart. Make up your mind that you are sold out for him. You will not compromise. You will not back down for anything. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Coming into this message, this was very heavy for me to preach uh, because we have just gone past Yom Kippur. We're in a new year on the biblical calendar. And this is what the Lord has given me. And uh, I believe the heartbeat of God is in it. It's not a message of fear. It's just a message of know your God. Be strong in your God. We're living in perilous times. We're going further and further into the end of this era, the end of this age that we're living in. And lawlessness is not going to suddenly get all ironed out. It's going to increase. Why? Because the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, before too much longer, is going to come on the scene. We don't know when that is, but we need to stay busy doing all that we can to preach the gospel because we still have the ability to do that. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. If you're watching this program today, and for the first time you realize that you are a sinner, and you are separated from God because of your sins, and that rightfully terrifies you, and that rightly concerns you, and you want to get that fixed, then pray this prayer from your heart right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you 
as a sinner. Jesus, you died on the cross to redeem me from my sins. So Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And from this day forward, take control of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Perhaps you're watching today and you're a backslidden Christian. You used to know the Lord, but you're living in all kinds of crazy sins. And you know your life is not right with God. Come back to the Master right now, lest you perish in your sins away from God and end up separated from God in hell. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I do not believe once saved, always saved. I do believe that the grip of God is wonderful, but you can walk away from God if you so choose. But if that's you, come back right now. Life is very fragile. You're not guaranteed a tomorrow. Come back right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I've walked away from you into sin and darkness. But I repent and I turn from all that junk that I've been doing. Jesus, restore me right now back to you and cut off all of my sinful behavior and practices. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Now the Lord has cut it off and the Lord has washed your sins away. Don't go back to it. Run away from it and serve the Lord today in joy and happiness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion together today. I think the modern church has forgotten how dangerous and deadly sin really is. It'll send you to hell. Mm-mm. But we thank God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and we belong to him. And he holds us and protects us and keeps us safe. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice, the grape juice. We bless it. We set this apart as holy. This is now the body of Christ and his precious blood. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, that we receive truth and clarity. No lies, no deception, no fabricated spin of a bunch of baloney. No, Father, we thank you. We receive the truth of your word. And if it does not line up and agree with your word, particularly the new covenant, we reject it. And any other so-called gospel, we reject it as well. Even as Paul said, let it be anathema. Let it be cursed if it is not the new covenant gospel. So thank you, Father God, for salvation through Christ and his blood and through him alone. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we receive the body of Christ now. Amen. Let's partake. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses all of our sin, washes it all away, 
And we thank you that our sins and our iniquities you have forgiven and you remember them no more. Thank you, Father God, for cleanness of heart, cleanness of conscience. Thank you, Father, for helping us to renew our mind with your pure, clean word, which washes our mind, straightens out our thinking. Thank you, O God, for blasting all the cobwebs out of our mind, out of our soul. Woo! Glory! Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah! Mm, mm, mm. Father, we give you praise. We receive the blood of Jesus now with great thanksgiving. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. My friends, thank you for standing with me as together we continue to preach the full gospel through the internet, through television, and as also we are preparing a special offering. And many of you have sent that offering in. Others of you, you're still getting it ready. And on October the 4th, Sunday, we will receive the special offerings for the special programs that we have recorded to air on global television, as well as the new programs that we're going to record for Pure Gold Season 3. Your special offerings will go towards that. If you would like to give towards that, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a header called Projects. And click on the project called Feast of Tabernacles Special Offering. And that special offering will go completely towards the production of these new shows and also for the cost of airtime. Thank you so much for your giving. Hallelujah. This is a time of increase and expansion. For those who will be bold and do the work of the Lord. And God will bless your business. God will bless your life. Hallelujah. But stay on track with him. Stay on the straight and narrow. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Father we give you all of the praise. And we thank you for your supernatural protection. And for strength in the hour of testing. In Jesus name we pray. And we agree and say, Amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.